obviously we have a rapist in Lincoln Park. He's climbing in your windows. He's snatching your people up, trying to rape them. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. to episode 114 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. You can head over to patreon.com slash garageguys today to subscribe to one of the four tiers that we have available for all you NFL DFS heads out there. Drew is cranking up the rankings every weekend to help you dominate on DraftKings and FanDuel. So again, patreon.com slash garageguys. Get over there today. And we will be happy to escort you into the money room, or as we like to call the green line, or as we like to call, a.k.a. money time, a.k.a. I like Ben Franklin's and I cannot lie, a.k.a. who had this money, or a.k.a. whose ass crack stripper money is this? But my words aren't working that well right now. because I'll just see how long you can go. Yeah, I mean, I probably could have kept going longer. If, if you would have asked me, like, what my rap names were throughout my entire, like, lifetime, I could have went for a while. Like, it used to be, like, AK, it was uh, High C, a.k.a. Young Hummus, a.k.a. White Rabbit, a.k.a. Tree Trunk. Um, there were a lot of different rap names through my tenure. By the way, dropping a new uh, album, a new EP on Spotify in 2020. It's going to be called Moon Dude. Pretty excited about it. Um, Are you being serious? Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I'm about to get back in the studio. We're about to crank it up. So tell all your friends. You can go to my Insta page, at Garage Guy Chase. You can see the album artwork. I've dropped it. Um, High C is back. And I'm going to have a four-track EP coming out in January. So I'm pumped about it. Called Moon Dude. So everywhere, and anybody that listens to the show, just start hashtag Moon Dude. Just get everyone pumped about it. Coming in January, dropping on Spotify. You weren't ready for that, were you? Man, I was not. I didn't know what you were about to drop on me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. The other night, I was just sitting around, and I was thinking, I was like, I was like man, I was like, I'm, I was like, you know, we, we got Garage Guys. We're, we're doing really well with the Patreon page. We're doing well with the show. Um, you know, a lot's going on. I was like, but NASCAR's coming to a close. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Homestead tonight, the last race of the season. Um, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, I'm going to need a project when NASCAR is over because I'm going to have football, of course. But I'm not really big into a lot of other sports. You know, I'm sure all my, my basketball viewing will crank up a little bit more. But I was like, what can I do to, to fill this void of spare time that I'm probably going to have? I was like, I think I'm going to get back on my, on my writing game, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a rap EP. So, yeah, high C's back. Man, I can't wait to hear that. It's going to be fun, man. I've already, I've already got beat production working on. It's, it's going to be great. Garage fam, you're going to love it. High C. The, mi- the many faces of Garage Guy Chase. There, there, there's so much shit that cranks out in this brain of mine, I tell you. <clears throat> but uh, lots to talk about. 
We just got done watching the Thursday night football game between the Stillas and the Browns. Um, AFC North divisional game got very heated towards the end. I think there was more action in the last minute of the game than the entire game. Definitely. The game was terrible. Um, neither offense can move the ball. Um, was some solid defense, but man, we were, uh, Chase, just from getting on the phone with you, all of our conversation went to the very end. Yes. Miles Garrett did some shit that I was not expecting him to do. He went the fuck off. Uh, so basically a little play-by-play. If you're uh, – if you, I'm sure everyone has seen it by now, the clips. They're probably all over Twitter, all over uh, TV, media, wherever you, you get your, your football media from. But um, it, towards the last uh, little bit of the game, I think that Miles Garrett went in, took Mason Rudolph down. And you could see where Mason Rudolph was, like, trying to do some, like, like second-grade, like, bear-hugging of the head to Miles Garrett, like, because, I mean, like, everybody knows that Mason Rudolph is probably the last motherfucker that needs to be trying to get into a fight with a complete dog that Miles Garrett is. Um, but, yeah, he was doing some really weird shit, like grabbing at his head. And um, I, I don't know, Eeyore just needs to chill out. That's, by the way, that's uh, Mason Rudolph's new nickname is Eeyore because when I look at Mason Rudolph, he is definitely a mouth breather. And I just imagine him talking like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. That's the, the blue donkey for those of you that may have not remembered Winnie the Pooh, but the one that just, okay, that's, <laughs> that's Mason Rudolph. So Eeyore tried to get into a fight with um, like the predator basically. And Miles Garrett showed him and America why you should not go in on somebody that just listens to Fleetwood Mac constantly and can hit somebody that hard. Um, he ripped off Mason Rudolph's helmet and tried to send him right back into the concussion protocol by promptly hitting him over the head with his helmet. So it was absolutely amazing. I loved every minute of it, although I'm super sad that he is probably going to be suspended. Definitely fine. Yeah, definitely suspension. Um, Chase, what kind of outrage would we, would we be seeing if this was like a Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees – that just received the helmet to the face? Um, it would be rough, probably. There would definitely be some bias in play. Uh, they would probably be immediately, like, kicked out of the NFL. Especially, like, if somebody hit Tom Brady over the head with a helmet, like, if, if Miles Garrett would have hit Tom Brady like that, okay, first thing that would have happened is Tom Brady would have probably immediately collapsed and, like, they would have brought a stretcher out and, like, would have, like, played it off total FIFA style. Um, I think it would have bounced off of him, and he would have looked younger all of a sudden. He may have also, like, get, got knocked right and maybe not tried to kiss his kids as much. So there's all kinds of things that could happen um, if Tom Brady got hit over the head. Um, he might even eat tomatoes. You never really know. <laughs> not a big fan of nightshades, that Tom Brady. But if Miles Garrett hits you over the head, you never really know what's going to come out of that. Um, he definitely knocked some sense into Mason Rudolph, though. You don't try to, like, hold somebody by the head in a headlock, like, like trying to give, like, Miles Garrett a noogie or something. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, but, this um, just makes me want to know what Rudolph said because we've never seen anything remotely close to this from him. Um, no, Miles Garrett is so disciplined. And, like, just – like he's like – if I could compare him to, like, an actor, it would be, like, John C. Riley. Because, like, John C. Riley is comical, yet he is a classically trained actor. And so Miles Garrett is, like, that classically trained footballer. But he can also be funny if he needs to be. 
So now it's just like you see this total opposite side of just rage drama coming from him. So it's like when John C. Riley was like in Step Brothers, and then like when John C. Riley was in like Gangs of New York. Shout out uh, clock. What about does uh does he go to Catalina wine mixers? Um, you know he could go to a Catalina wine mixer. Um, he I don't think that he Miles Garrett can hold a candle Man. to. Is what? this That's longer than usual? Long clock, man. It's the it's. What the, are you doing to it? What are you feeding the clock? We t- I told you the energizers. We've had a couple garage garage fam. Um, they've sent some energizer batteries. Shout out to you guys that have mailed the energizers. The clock is loving it. It's lasting longer, going longer. It's like giving the clock Viagra. It's just going and going and going. Like it loves those little bunny batteries. I don't know what it is. So there was one garage fam member that did send a four pack of Duracells, and whoever that was. Um, the clock was not very happy with you. So just keep that in mind. But um, but back to what you were saying, um, he he Miles Garrett wouldn't be a drummer, probably. He would he would definitely be more of like Will Farrell's character, where he would be Brennan like singing Conte Patio. Um, so I think that you would see Miles Garrett do something more like that. But um, but yeah, he would definitely attend the Catalina wine mixer, but then tonight he attended more of like, you know, I'm gonna stab you in the face with a soldering iron wine mixer <laughs> how did we get to this um you asked if he would be at the catalina wine mixer and also because i compared him to john c riley so that's there probably the that's hottest probably take of the show i compared i compared miles garrett to john c riley so that's a hot take you won't hear anywhere else but on the garage guys fantasy sports podcast and that is a guarantee i'll put my stamp of approval on that but um, the other thing about this game, too, I think we've both decided that Baker Mayfield is a fake motherfucker and is just trying to act like um, an old man now that he knows that he's sucked all year long. Um, many will argue the fact that he has no O-line, but I'm just going to say that his response after that, like, well, although it was true, it just it does not seem right coming from a guy like Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I was just telling you, there was a point in time where I really rooted for him. I never really thought he was that good of a football player. I thought he was okay, but I liked his personality, and now I don't like either one. I don't like Baker, the football player, or the personality. So, it's a rough year. Maybe maybe I can re – maybe next year after an offseason, I can view Baker with a fresh start. But for now, I'm just not a fan. Maybe a better O-line, maybe more confidence. I think he's just lacking a lot of confidence. I think that's all it is with Baker. He's just having a year where he's lacking confidence. But uh, it's just weird to see him act this way. I don't know. Hopefully things will get better. They got an easier schedule on the line. Maybe he'll find some confidence in beating mediocre teams. But uh, but big news from this game, um, it's not looking good for James Conner. Uh, James Conner left very early on. Uh, that shoulder is bothering him. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, left the game early with a concussion. We also saw Deontay Johnson leave the game. Um, this Steelers team is just falling apart, man, at the seams. Uh, James, the, the, you couldn't even get James Washington going, but this Browns defense was also playing like the Power Rangers tonight, and plus it with it being a divisional rivalry and they were at home. You know, obviously the Browns were favored to win this. I was pulling for the Browns. I'm glad to see the Browns get this victory. They need this. They need to continue these victories if they want to even have a shot at a potential wild card. I don't even know if they could get to that point. Um, it's possible maybe anything's possible in week 11, right? We still got a lot of football left to play, but, um, just, yeah, a tough blow for Steelers fans and just for the Steelers in general. Yeah. They probably had some of the, if not the worst injury luck, if you just start with big Ben, right? I mean, 
the fact that they've won this many games is pretty impressive because that roster is pretty ugly. Uh, just have a little bit of a gritty defense, and that's about it. It's a dirty, cold world in Pittsburgh. But they'll find a way to get through in the land of barbecue sauce. Um, but, yeah, another just classical Thursday night game that just was full of mediocrity and still football, so we still watch it because we are degenerates for football. Moving forward from there, <clears throat> it is Friday. Most of you probably listened to the beginning of the show and were like, why is that one dude that wore the red bandana on YouTube opening the show? Well, that's because the flashback YouTube Friday video this week is going to be Antoine Dotson's Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife, and Hide Your Husband interview. Those of you that don't remember that video, um, basically it was a news broadcast where uh, somebody broke into a home in the projects for Miss Kelly Dodson, and they was trying to rape her, and Antoine took advantage of his five seconds of fame and completely broke the internet with over 71 million views seven years ago. Do you remember where you were when Antoine Dotson broke the internet? I have no clue, but I have the worst memory, and you're probably learning that about me. I remember watching this video on my Dell bubble screen computer in the living room of my uh, childhood home. And when it first came out, when YouTube was just kind of like, you know, sparking up the world. I mean, it was only this, this one video was seven years ago. I think it was a little bit older than that though. Cause the bed intruder song, the actual song came out nine years ago. So this was probably roughly somewhere around 2009, 2010. Um, probably 2010 is what I have to say the year I graduated high school when it came out. But I just remember everybody like everywhere was just hide your kids, hide your wife and hide your husband. Cause they raping everybody out here. It was literally like the, it was just, it was, it was peak YouTube days, which is why we do flashback YouTube Friday. Um, so we, we got to play We got to play a clip of it. So we're going to play a clip of the interview. Whenever the news station got to Kelly Dotson's home in the projects, let's hear what Kelly had to say. Kelly Dodson was asleep with a little girl inside their apartment on Webster Drive when I was attacked by some idiot from out here in the projects. Dodson says her attacker used a garbage can to climb onto the unit's ledge, open the upstairs window, and then he got in bed with her. He, he tried to rape me. He tried to pull my clothes off. Dodson struggled with her attacker, knocking over items in her bedroom. And when Dodson heard his sister scream and ran to help. Well... Obviously, we have a rapist in Lincoln Park. He's climbing in your windows. He's snatching your people up, trying to rape them. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. The attacker got loose and went out the upstairs window, but he did leave something behind. We got your T-shirt. You done left fingerprints. Y'all, you are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. A crime scene investigator photographed and dusted for prints of the lid of the garbage can and the window pane and ledge. Dodson says he's never seen the perp before, but sends this warning to whoever is responsible. You don't have to come and confess that you did it. We're looking for you. We we go find you. I'm letting you know that. So you can run and tell that. Homeboy. <laughs> run and tell that, homeboy. It doesn't get any better. Like there, there's, there's so many videos that we still have yet to go through. And just thinking of all the videos that we're going to get to play on, on flashback YouTube Friday, I'm like so stoked. There's so many that I just have in the back of my mind that I can remember just watching as a, as, as a kid. 
Yeah, know. we'd have to have a lot of uh, a lot of podcast episodes to run out of YouTube videos. So uh, yeah. we're gonna plenty of material on this. Luckily, we've been doing this almost two years. Our bir- the birthday of Garage Guys is coming up. I'm pretty pretty pumped about it. Um, a couple about a week ago, I got a notification on Twitter that because I because these the account was started before the podcast even began. So I got a notification about a week ago that it was our two year birthday for Garage Guys. So uh, the the first episode, I want to say it's uh, about another week, man. It'll be our two year birthday for Garage Guys. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah, let's make a thing of that. We got to. We got. We got to have a birthday. So for all of you guys that are out there in the Garage Fan, love Garage Guys. The biggest best thing you could do for our birthday is to share this podcast with a friend or someone in your family, or, or a co-worker, or somebody that loves sports, fantasy football, someone that loves NASCAR, share this podcast and tell them to listen to it and tell them it's our birthday. And so we will appreciate you. That, that could be, that, to, to me, that's like the best birthday present ever. That's the ultimate sign of love from the Garage fan is just sharing the show. Yep, and if you don't want to do that, just go subscribe to the Patreon page. That's a nice alternative. Yep, there's always that. I mean, I used to get like $10 from my aunt every birthday. So you literally could just give us $10 and get a whole bunch of good shit for it. And you probably make a lot more than, than your original investment in one weekend by just giving $10 to garage guys on patreon.com slash garage guys. So keep that in mind. Birthday boys. We in the building. It's coming up. Get ready. One more thing that we have to discuss before we get into the Sunday slate rundown is obviously Homestead, Miami, the last race of the 2019 NASCAR season. Um, It's crazy to think that it's already been a whole entire year and that in two more months, we're going to be starting the 2020 season in Daytona. And we're actually going to be in Daytona doing content, live content on Twitter. Uh, I'll be doing some content with Roto Baller and uh, doing content for Garage Guys. It's crazy it's only two months away, but still to think that the season's over is nuts. So right now we are, uh, we're facing the final four, which is three Joe Gibbs racing drivers for Toyota and one Stuart Haas racing driver for Ford. So in the playoffs, we have Denny Hamlin, we have Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, and Kevin Harvick. Off the top of your head, Drew, who do you think takes this home? I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin just because it seems to have been like a resurgence for him and I'm rooting for him. I don't have any facts behind it. I just know all four of those guys have pretty equal odds according to the the odds makers to win this thing. And I'm going to choose Denny Hamlin Um, closely. A number two guy would be Truex. So what about you? So you're, so you're going with the year of destiny for Denny Hamlin. He's never won a playoff race. He's never won a championship. So it would be like if, if anybody was going to win it other than the guy that, I, that I'm pretty certain is going to win this race, I would hope it would be Denny. Unfortunately, I'm going uh, – not really unfortunately for me, but unfortunately for you, I'm going to have to go with Kevin Harvick on this one. Um, Kevin has won a championship before. He has the, one of the best fantasy averages at Homestead, one of the best averages, period, at Homestead, uh, better than – I mean, in the past – Past three years, just since 2016, Kevin's averaged about 70 fantasy points, about a four, uh, got about maybe a four place differential. Um, so he's, I mean, he's moving up four spots pretty much every race, averaging that, you know. Um, 
leads decent amount of laps. Kyle Larson crazily has one of the best averages, so might want to keep that in mind when making your fantasy lineups this week. But I think that uh, I think that the outsider of this is going to be able to pull it off, and I think that Kevin will be able to bring the championship home for Stuart Haas Racing. A lot of crazy stuff's been going on with Stuart Haas. I don't know if you checked the news uh, over the weekend, or not over the weekend, but uh, on Thursday, news came out that Daniel Suarez will no longer be running the 41, called this, knew this was going to happen. Uh, Cole Custer will be taking over the 41 in the Cup Series next year. And there's been an, a, a big assortment of changes that are coming up for 2020, but this being one of the ones that I kind of felt that was definitely going to happen, and it actually was solidified today. And so Daniel Suarez, he came out on Instagram, did a little video saying, you know, he's been released, he's – moving on in his career. And I think it was the best move. I think that uh, moving Cole up from Xfinity is going to be good uh, just for the overall, um, you know, just uh, camaraderie of, of Stuart Haas racing. And, and I think that they need kind of a fresh face in there because, you know, Kevin's on his way out. And I think that Cole could be kind of like that next man up. Cause I mean, you got Clint Boyer in there and, you know, he's getting, he's not getting any younger. He'll be around for a little bit. And you got Eric Almarola that's been kind of underwhelming. So, Bringing that fresh face into Stuart Haas, I mean, that might be, you know, the next guy that kind of leads the way, kind of like Kevin Harvick has done. So just some big news I wanted to throw in there. But overall, it's going to be an exciting race. I'm ready to watch it. I'm sure that you're you're going to have it pulled up. you got to watch this race. Oh, for sure. And I do want to make a comment about what you just said about Suarez. So one of my concerns with NASCAR is – and I want to get your feedback – so we have all these big names of guys that are getting older and that have been around for a while. And it seems like the, the lower level younger guys just get shuffled around. Do you ever worry about the stability of that? Like Suarez at one point in time was being talked about like Cole. Right. And then, and now he's moving out and someone else is moving in. And what if we just, it's almost like lost time, right? I mean, that's wasted time on somebody that ultimately is not going to be that next Kevin Horvick. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, dude, it, it's hard. It's really hard to, to tell and hard to know who it's going to really be because like, you know, you just don't, you don't get guys that come in like, you know, Kevin Harvick did and, and yeah. guys that come in like Kyle did. Like, I mean, those are like the LeBrons and the MJs of like the racing world. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, Dale Earnhardt is, you know, the goat will always be the goat, even though he, he left us too soon. And then you, some will say Jeff Gordon was right there underneath him. It's just you You just don't know. But we haven't had one of those just, like, truly dominant guys other than Kyle Busch in the past few years. So, like, Truex has kind of, you know, shown that, that he's kind of coming up. But even with him, it took him a really long time to get where he's at now. Mm -hmm. People you know? want it to be Chase Elliott so bad. They do. And I think that that's what's going to, like, keep it from happening almost, like, in a way. Like, I mean, I'm not going to knock Chase and say he's a bad driver by any means. I mean, he's a good race car driver. And, you know, he's uh, he works hard for Hendrick and putting his best foot forward. You know, you still got Jimmy Johnson over there on Hendrick, and he's obviously one of the greats. You can't deny that whatsoever, especially coming up through the 2000s. I mean, but it's just uh, – I think I think that one thing that, that makes the, the luster kind of, you know, lack is, is the fact that, it, that the sport died off a little bit in popularity and went down some. And you got to take that into consideration too because, you know, you – I think that the – when you're on a larger stage, you know, the guys that really want that, you know, that attention and that limelight, they're, they're going to do things differently and be a little bit harder and run a little bit, you know, more aggressively. And, and the one thing I like 
it, you know, the one thing I liked a lot about Denny Hamlin, like especially in the past couple weeks, especially at Martinsville, was how aggressive he was. And I know that not all the time, you know, you're not going to want to watch a race and be like, you know, oh, well, they're racing dirty. Because, I mean, obviously you're going to you get fined and drivers could, you know, get pissed off. And that's just what happens. But when you had a guy like Dale Earnhardt doing that back in the 90s, they, people just had that respect for that guy. Somebody is eventually going to have to come in and do that shit again. Like, that, it's going to have to happen. Like, it's just that's, – that's NASCAR. And even though they talk about the sport evolving in different ways, like, when you take that out of NASCAR, it, it does make it a little more boring and a little more mundane. I've enjoyed the shit out of what Bubba Wallace has been doing, even though he got fined $50,000. Just his brutal honesty in that video of him spinning out at, at Texas so that, he, so that he could basically bring out that caution. And he was just like, I learned from Brad and Joey. And then he got fined 50 k And yeah. he was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to appeal it. He was like, I'll pay it. I don't give a shit. That attitude right there might be frowned upon by some, but to me, that shit just gets me going. I'm like, hell yeah, we need more of this in the sport. We need more controversy. We need more conflict. Like, that, that's what makes NASCAR fucking awesome and fun to watch. And that's what eventually is going to bring in more viewers because you got to have that drama just like every – like tonight, Miles Garrett fucking get in a fight with Mason Rudolph. This shit will be talked about for the next two days on ESPN. Yeah, the number – yeah, the, the two top things for me is what we're talking about right now in terms of increasing the viewership through something, controversy, rivalries. And the other thing would be what you're well aware of, and I know we'll get into this more in the offseason, but just the, the trying to uh, to do the races during the same time as the NFL is like a death wish. So it's just a, it's just a, a battle you really can't win. I feel like any kind of momentum NASCAR is going to gain uh, could be multiplied by 10 if they weren't finishing up the most important part of their season when NFL is kicking off. Yeah, understanding that, you know, football is, you know, America's first choice. And if, you know, just by making the subtle move of maybe making some races on some Saturdays, um, even though college football is on, um, maybe doing some Friday night racing or, you know, something like that. The, you know, they, we had a lot of rainouts this year. There was some Monday racing, but the only problem with that is they want to do that in the daytime. And most of these tracks, you got to race in the daytime. People are at work. You're not going to get a lot of viewership. I think Friday night racing could be a big deal. I think that would be something that would be fun to watch ultimately. There's all kinds of different things you could do. I mean, obviously, you got to have your Sunday racing. It's just a part of it. But if yeah, you can make sure. a few moves for some of the bigger races, you know, like, there's so much that they can do with the sport. And there's so much that I hope to accomplish, you know, in, in the next – 10 years with the sport itself you know I mean you and I both know I have very big goals and ambitions for NASCAR and and I'm gonna embark on that journey when everybody else tell me I'm fucking crazy I'm gonna do it anyway just because I believe in it and I believe in my 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 own ability to to bring some change and bring some good to something so I'm excited to see where it goes but I'm definitely ready to see that next driver come in and just sweep the racing world off its feet and everyone just get behind it. Like back in the day of Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt, where it was one or the other, and that's why people watched it. So eventually it's got to get back there, and it can and it will, and I believe that. So everybody out there that has not watched the race this year, this is the last race of the season. We're not going to be talking about it much until February again. So, And we're going to have a lot more content coming out for the 2020 season. Things are going to be a lot more tighter and we're going to do a lot more centered around that. I know me personally, I mean, it's going to be a lot more centered around that as a section of what we're doing here 
And um, so just super excited about it. Super excited about Homestead on Sunday and uh, hoping to see an amazing, great race and hoping to win some, some money because I'm a degenerate. And even though I said I wasn't going to be betting anything because of Mercury being in the retro microwave, I lied. I couldn't control myself. And that's why I did DFS tonight on the Steelers Browns. I thought you were going to let me uh, place the lineups this weekend. So it's not technically you playing. Yeah, we'll see. We still have Sunday, but I did it tonight. And I'm sure that even though I'll let you do that, I'll probably still go behind your back on Sunday and do some my own. No self-control. <laughs> I have no, no self-control. self-control with this garage guy, Chase. It is, it is what it is. Maybe we'll bring High C out, the rapper that's dropping his EP in January. Maybe, maybe we'll talk to him about it. Have to, we'll, we'll turn him on eventually one of these days. Who knows? The robots are coming for our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, all right, all right. It's now time for the week 11 Sunday slate rundown. Week 11. What a week. What a time to be alive. I get depressed. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's – no, we still got enough football. Don't get depressed yet. Don't get the Zoloft out just yet, okay? Don't break out the Zoloft on me. Is Zoloft even a depression medication? Um, let's just go with it, even if it's not. It, sound, it. it sounds like something that a depressed person would take. Um, yeah. no, How are you looking in your fancy leagues, by the way? Let's get a little quick recap. I've been taking a lot of Zoloft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm, uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing decently well. So, like, let's look. I've got, you know, like a home league that I have two leagues on ESPN. One of, um, one of my family leagues, I'm obviously, I'm just dominating like a mofo. Um, my, my cousin actually is winning. And, like, I just feel, like, obligated to, like, just, just educate people, like, um, in, this, uh, in this, you know, this realm of, of my family and the fantasy. So I'm like, you know, they'll, they'll hit me up like, who do I need to play? Who do I need to get? And I'll just give them advice. Like, even if they're playing me, they're just like, Oh, I beat you, bro. I'm like, yeah, I told you to get that guy. <laughs> like, just remember who actually won this. And so like, I just wedge them in like that realm of just like, they, they can't win even when they do win. So it's just, it's great. It's fun. Um, the other league that I'm in is with a, you know, a couple of guys that I know from, from the city and um, I am doing horrible because I drafted it just like I drafted all my other leagues. The one that I didn't give a shit about is the one I'm actually doing great in, which is the family league when I just fucked around and drafted. And then the other league that I'm uh, actually, I'm holding a candle in pretty well. Uh, Right now I'm currently in fourth place is the sleeper wire pro-am where I am playing um, with some of the administrators and the CEO of the sleeper app itself. So I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty well in that league in fourth place right now. I've got a decent team, man. I've got um, the homie uh, Dak Prescott. What a game for him, even though they lost last week. Um, he's, he's really fucking shining. So I'm glad I, I took the chance and got Dak, and I got him late too. But I also have Kamara and Saquon in that league, Allen Robinson, Larry Fitz, um, Hunter Henry. Got some big boys in that one. So um, I'm doing really good, doing really well. And then uh, the GGFS Pro League, unfortunately, not so hot. Another one that I, I tried to draft stupid serious, and I'm currently in ninth. I could be in 12th, so it could be worse. Can't complain there. And then uh, my Dynasty League, I've just completely shit the bed. Last place. Um, I've pretty much given up this year. How about yourself? Looking good, man. I'm not dominating any league. I'm not in first in any of them, but I'm in 
second to fifth. I'm in the playoff contention in all of them. So I want to finish out these last few weeks of the regular season and see if I can win some money. I'll tell you, man, the, the biggest – let, let's go ahead and just knock this out before we get into the slate. Your biggest bust and your best player that you drafted. For me, biggest bust I drafted, David Montgomery. Probably the best player that I drafted in multiple leagues that has paid off pretty well is Tyler Lockett. Um, a lot of people were not really sure what was going to happen with him and DK at the beginning of the year. I felt that Tyler, the Rocket, Lockett, could uh, lock it up for me, and he has been. And, and I have him paired with Russell Wilson in the, uh, the, the Series XM Fantasy Sports Invitational, so that's been a, a real treat. There's been a couple weeks where it's been uh, just sexy amounts of fantasy points. And um, literally, like, my other team, the, the whole rest of the team is not that great, but, like, pretty mediocre, but they just carry me home. Yeah, I got to love Tyler, Tyler Lockett, and you got to love Russell Wilson. Tyler, the so. Rocket, Lockett. The Rocket, Lockett. The Rocket, Lockett. Um, let's, let's see. We need a bust first. Is yeah, that right? give me a bust. Ooh, let me think a little bit longer on that one. But my oh, that good, huh? No, I'm just trying to think of the worst one. I think it's Le'Veon Bell, even though he's – it's not killed me in any league yet. But for what we were expecting, right, he's not produced. Yeah, I, I would say that he's a bust just because he's not doing normal Le'Veon shit. Yeah, because it's relative to where you drafted him. And where you drafted him, you're not happy with that. Um, but thank God I have Aaron Jones in most all my leagues, and he's been, he's been great. It, it has been frustrating at times because those weeks that you just need him to be consistent get you like 12 points. He's had a few duds, but overall I'm very happy with him. It's a beautiful life. Beautiful life for fantasy footballers. Hey, we get to for, – for our bus, like, since we're not going to put it 100% on the player for yours with, uh, with your guy, you got to put parentheses out beside it and put Matt Nagy, and i got to put Adam Gase next to mine. Very true. I like, I like your style. Tweet us your biggest busts and your best pickup um, at GGFS Podcast. Um, let us know who's been your best and who's been your worst. We want to know, Garage Fam, so do that. So let's roll into the Sunday slate, notable bye weeks, very notable thing. The Packers, the Giants, the Seahawks, and the Titans are on a bye. Jake Seeley had a funny-ass tweet that he put out earlier today. Somebody had commented on one of his tweets and said, is there any reason that Derrick Henry wasn't on your rankings this week? I know that he's a pretty you know, heavily played player, so just wondering. He was like, well, there's just a lot of downside on bye weeks. And everybody was just, like, cracking up about it. And this one guy had to roll in, like, he obviously didn't know he had a bye week. You don't have to be such an asshole about it. And then Jake was just like, well, given the fact that, like, Jake is, like, one of the probably the, 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 the best smart asses in the fantasy industry, like, just to come back with the quickness of the smart assness. And um, he hit him with just, like, I would, I would probably assume that since he laughed at the tweet that it wasn't that big of a deal. And he said something else had to do with it and basically just, like, shamed him and, quote, tweeted him with all of his 60-plus thousand followers. So, pretty fun to watch. If you Good stuff. Jake, yeah, follow at All In Kid. He's funny to watch. But, uh, yeah, let's start this thing off with a uh, NFC South divisional game. Falcons going to the Carolinas to play the Panthers. Kyle Allen, or, or should I say Christian McCaffrey, the Falcons are going to play Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah, that sounds better, right? Yeah, that sounds better, even though I do like Kyle Allen. He's been serviceable, man. He's been okay. We, we appreciate him. 
Yeah, he's good. I actually picked him up. I have him in a couple of my leagues. Cow, yeah. Marble. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of South Park. But um, I, th- this game is couldn't be better for uh, for some of these wide receivers. Uh, but in the end, we all know what's going to happen here. Christian McCaffrey is going to go the F off. Um, the one receiver that I actually like, um, that, that I, the, the one player that I think is going to have a big day um, is not necessarily a receiver. He will he does catch footballs, but he's my favorite position in the league, and he is a, uh, a one Gregory Olson. I think uh, Greg Olson is going to have a very big game against these Falcons at home. I'm firing up Greg Olson everywhere. Super excited to play him this week. And um, this Falcon side of the ball, things have been ugly. Devonta Freeman is uh, is taking a little hold. And, and if you were lucky enough to get Brian Hill off the waiver wire, depending on how much you spent in fab or if you you know had waiver priority, whatever, he was obviously the hottest pickup of the week. So you got to play him if you grabbed him. Um, and and I we you know I really just don't know how it's going to turn out, but um, you got to think the usual suspects for the Falcons, and until Matt Ryan really gets this ankle right and he can kind of get around a little bit mobile like you would, I don't really know if there's anybody just that's super sexy for the Falcons. I agree with you. I do disagree on on the Carolina side. I think McCaffrey's a good play. I have no issues with Wilson, but uh, oh, man. I never said McCaffrey wasn't a good play. No, 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 no. I disagree with you. I, I agree with you on McCaffrey. I disagree on the fact that, like, just Olsen. I think DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are going to be very popular against uh, be popular, but I think that Greg Olsen – well, what I'm saying is this. Greg Olsen will be the, the top scorer out of the receiving core. How about that? Uh, no, thanks. Respect the take. No, thanks. But, yeah, look at DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and DraftKings. We've been attacking Atlanta all year. The only time it burned us was last week. And, boy, did it burn us. Thanks, thanks, New Orleans Saints. Thanks, Garage Guy Chase Saints. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, um, no, I don't have a problem firing up any of these guys. Kyle Allen is severely underpriced for somebody facing the Falcons. He's 5.3K. Love it. So he's going to be super cheap. If you think that he can throw two touchdowns, then he's going to exceed value. I hope he runs a touchdown in. Because I will probably have him in some lineups for sure. Like I said, I'm playing him in some season long. So if I've if I've got enough confidence playing in season long, I'm definitely going to probably have you in a little bit in the DFS. Um, just especially with the price point he's at too. Um, yep. Cowboys Lions, uh, another game. I dude, even though it's a home game for the Lions, Matt Stafford's out. You got Jeffrey Driscoll. Um, it seems like Danny Amendola, um, even though he didn't you know have a huge day. Um, he, he was – I think – I don't really – I didn't get to see the target share really or anything, but I just remember when I was watching the game just from the – the uh, just from the, the football eye, it looked like uh, he might be somebody that gets looked at in the desperate situations. So, Amandola could be a pretty sneaky flex play this week against the Cowboys. Um, and then you also have to look at uh, TJ Hawkinson as well because the Cowboys are pretty horrible at defending the tight end. So, and what what do we – I don't know how you feel about it, but I always feel like a backup quarterback tends to rely on a tight end a little bit more. We didn't see a lot of it last week. But because of how bad they are at covering the tight end, we could see some Hawk get involved this week against this Cowboys defense. So, I uh, will be looking to start some TJ Hawkinson. Um, and then I think that we've established in the backfield for Detroit, J.D. McKissick is probably going to be your best option at running back just because of the the fact of, you know, him being able to catch out the backfield run. 
And I'm seeing a lot more people kind of going that direction, getting away from Ty Johnson, and especially with Ty Johnson having the concussion. I mean, what, what's more of a reason not to start up uh, J.D. McKissick? So if you're looking to get some of those low-value guys for the Lions side of the ball, I wouldn't go try to spread out too much. I think the Cowboys defense is going to do a pretty good job at taking care of Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. And with Jeff Driscoll being a little nervous, I could even see the Cowboys defense kind of shaking some shit up in this game. So uh, there might be a sneaky play. But uh, Cowboys side of the ball, I would just have to say usual suspects there. I think we see a bounce back game for Zeke this week as well. Yeah, I don't have too much to add there. I'm staying away from from Detroit. Not really interested in that side of this game. I do think I'm going to go back to the well and Zeke. Kind of disappointed in how they've been using him, but how can you not like a matchup against the Lions? They've just been giving out fantasy points to running backs lately. So maybe they'll they'll give Zeke his 20, 25 touches and we'll see him get in the end zone twice. Taking wide it's hot. Uh, big, big, big game. Big game for quarterbacks coming back off of injury. Jaguars in Indianapolis against the Colts. The Colts have not been having the best of luck. Um, but Jacoby Brissett is coming back. I think that's going to jack up uh, Zach Pascal's uh, his you know, ownership will probably go up a little bit more. I think that we might see him getting used a little bit more with Brissett back in play. Um, but the on the Jaguars' side of the ball, Nick Foles is returning. So we get the return of Big Dick Nick. Um, this definitely – I don't think this hurts DJ Chark's value at all. I think that this could possibly – I don't – I can't really remember all the way back to the first – the beginning of the season, but I don't think when Nick Foles was in there, we saw a lot of Leonard Fournette getting involved until, uh, until homeboy uh, – the Gardner Minshew, why, why am I already almost forgetting this man? He has a shirt that we made for him. Jesus. Um, How dare you? Yeah, I know. By the way, you can still buy that shirt because he will be back in two weeks. Something's going to happen. Hot take. Yeah, I want to see him playing somewhere soon, it, whether it's Jags. I mean, obviously, we prefer Jags, but I don't want to see him. He's not like, going not, anywhere this year. No, I'm, no, he can't. He can't go anywhere this year. But – I just mean in general, in future seasons, I don't want him to be a guy that just goes, you know, that's forgotten. That's That would be a huge buzzkill. So, hopefully I don't see that with Minshew. Um, should have T.Y. Hilton back, and I don't know how that's going to impact Pascal, but I think it helps him, honestly. Yeah, I don't have any argument there. Um, I want to look at Brissett's price and see if it went down just because he's been out. Let me see. That's pretty fair. 5.9. That's fair price. Um, uh, D.D. Westbrook is another guy on the Jaguars. I think his value will jump up a little bit more with Foles coming into play. I think that he was a little more favored with Foles being the quarterback. So uh, he will be playing again this week. But Indianapolis does have a decent, uh, you know, attack against the pass. So it would be a little bit difficult. But um, I still think that we might could see some some good action with Foles back and – I don't know. I just I'm I'm a little weary about Leonard Fournette. I don't really know what's going to happen there, but if it, everything is pointing towards it being a good game for Leonard, just yeah. because of how good the passing defense is for Indianapolis. So on paper, it could be good, but I just think that Foles is going to get in there. He's going to be excited to play. He's going to want to just flash off, and I feel like he's got a little more something to prove now. Um, even though he yeah. is getting the starting job back, I feel like he just wants to get his mojo back. So I think we're going to see a lot of passing out of him. Right. I, I mean, I wouldn't be worried about what you saw in a quarter, a quarter and a half uh, in terms of Fournette 
or these receivers. That's not nearly enough to go off of. So if you like a receiver or you like Fournette, don't try to go back to what we, what we saw in that short of a time before he went out. Yeah, first game of the season. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm just trying to – I'm trying to think back that far. So hopefully we see things continue the way they have continued. We see Fournette still be a big staple of the offense. Um, and I'm just personally hoping that uh, Chark holds that value. I think that he will, though. I think that he's established himself as a clear, you know, wide receiver one in that offense. So, uh, you know, we just we'll have to hang on and see what happens. So it's going to be uh, going to be a little bit different. I'm still banking that that Foles could probably get re-injured quickly, and we might see Minshew back. Uh, I hate to wish injury on anybody, but I'm just trying to call it like I see it. Bills Dolphins. How much do you want to say about this one? Not too much. Uh, Cole Devin Beasley. Singletary, Cole Beasley, John Brown. Next game, please. All right, you got it. Texans <laughs> Ravens. Hey, wait, we got to talk about one thing. Um, <laughs> no, we can't go back now. No, we got to talk about one thing just because um, – what's his name? Kalen Balage. The fact that the dude's getting like plus touches and still sucks. We got to talk about that. Yeah, look. I mean, he's Kalen... like the only running back left on their roster. I mean, who's on their team? Yeah, I mean, that's like desperate situation. I mean, Albert Wilson, um, what, what's his name? It's bad when you don't even know these receivers. Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson. That's your receiving core. Yeah. With Ryan okay. Fitzpatrick and then Kalen Bollage in the background. Bollage, whatever the fuck. I just can't believe people just ignore. Like, Can you imagine a guy that's that priced down and there's the entire industry is just like ignoring – it because it's the Dolphins. Yeah, it's I mean, the Dolphins. They but they they they're on a hot streak. That's true. They're on a hot streak. Don't, don't let know. these don't let these boys get hot. Don't let Fitz Magic get hot. Mike Jacecki is another one that a lot of people have been talking about as far as like a low budget tight end somebody to look out for. But then again, when everybody was talking high up about him last week, he did absolute shit. So I don't know. Like if if there was one wide receiver that I want to get behind, one hundred percent, it's probably Albert Wilson. And he would probably be the only guy, but he's still a huge risk. But yeah. he's a risk that could pay off big. A lot of these guys are risks. Yeah, try to avoid the, the Dolphins here against Buffalo. Yeah. If I, if I was like going to play weeks. one, if I was going to play one in DFS our season long, it would probably be Albert Wilson. And that's all I'll say about that. Let's move to the game everybody really wants to hear about. The game I'm excited about, going to be one of the most watched games of the, uh, of the, the, the noon games or the 1 o'clock games. Texans Ravens we get to see Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson face off this should be a this is either going to be a low scoring affair or a very high scoring affair there's no in between here um and the defense well you know what I take that back it is going to be a high scoring affair because the Texans defense is probably not going to be able to handle everything the Ravens are going to be having so that's going to force Deshaun Watson and the offense to come back so this will be a high scoring game I will put the Stamp of approval on it. High-scoring game. See how quick I can change my takes just by having a little more thought? It's insane. The brain can do miracles. It can, and it can do them very fast. I just put the stamp of approval. High-scoring game. You might even want to stack this one in DFS. Will you get behind me on that, Drew? Yeah, just because I want it to happen so bad. I mean, this game is – I'm excited. Uh, You know how big of a fan I am of Deshaun Watson. So, I want to see him win this game for his – MVP case. Right. I've become a Lamar Jackson fan very big this year. I actually have Lamar in one of my leagues. And just because of the actual fact that he came out wearing 
some of the coolest looking sunglasses I've ever seen. It was like straight up Kenny Powers sunglasses on Lamar Jackson. Like the last sunglasses you would ever imagine Lamar Jackson wearing. And he was wearing them on the sideline. And he, the dude just looked like one of the coolest guys that you that you just see at the bar or something. I don't know how to explain it, but it was just electric as fuck. Lamar Jackson has quickly become one of my favorite players in the NFL. And in turn, this is hard to do. I kind of like the Ravens, and I never thought I would say that. I'm coming around to the Ravens just because of Lamar. They're the more complete team as of right now. Houston suffered a few more injuries and haven't really – I don't know. I think they're the more complete team. I think you agree. Yeah, I do. I've uh, I've caught myself reading some Edgar Allan Poe books this week. Um, I've uh, I've I've read a uh, Wikipedia page about Maryland. Um, I don't know what's happening, but something's happening. And I also miss Mark Ingram too. So that may be another reason. But yeah, they are the more complete team here. I'm loving Mark Ingram, loving Lamar. Um, my my wide receiver take, if one's gonna do anything, which I highly doubt it. Um, I'm Hollywood Brown's the easy target here, but I mean, it's just every week we're just seeing Mark Andrews continuously be a great tight end option at fantasy. I don't see it changing here. Um, for the Texan size where things get a little more technical, I picked up Will Fuller for myself. He is probable, but if he does play, I think that we can see Will Fuller getting some deep ball touchdowns. Like, because normally when he comes back off of injury, he has that huge game. You know what I mean? It's like every time almost. He just has this big, crazy game, big numbers. So you got to look at him this week, obviously. And I think that he will end up doing better than D-Hop if he plays in fantasy. I don't know about that, but one of the two will go off. Um, just don't know which one. I'd rather go with D-Hop just because he's the – I still think he's you know as good as anybody at receiver. Him and Mike Thomas are probably my, my two guys right now. Um, but, yeah, it's a four-point spread, so Ravens are favored by four at home. Um, but I'll be pulling for the Texans, and I don't mind any of these weapons in terms of DFS. But expect a high price tag. And, yeah, you know, the price tag, just, just, just be careful there. Be careful with targeting these guys. Sneaky – another sneaky play here, uh, Aiken. Look out for Aiken, tight end. Texans could be sneaky. I'm just a tight end guy, though. You might catch me in the bathroom, you know, with my hand somewhere I ain't supposed to be looking at a bunch of tight ends. You never know. Yeah, you can talk about every tight end. That was a play on words, too, because if I looked at, like, a tight end or it could be, like, you know, like a, a tight end, <laughs> a female, you never really know. You never really know what I'm talking about. You bring up the tight end every game. I'm, I'm just not realizing, like, every single game you've like, yeah, you know, Greg Olson. Um, Mike Gizecki. Yeah. Except Every, for the Jaguars, because we don't talk about Jaguars tight ends because O'Shaughnessy's hurt. They, no, no other tight end will ever measure up to O'Shaughnessy in Jacksonville. Shout out to true. O'Shaughnessy. So moving into Broncos Vikings, should, should I just continue talking about tight ends? That's up to you. Okay. Um, Noah Font and Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph are your tight end options. Uh, Denver is a little bit tight on the tight end spot. However, we have seen some games where we're going into them and you're like, oh, I probably should avoid this position because, you know, that this defense does really well against this. And look, in all in all actuality, you know, I would I would say like, you know, oh, well, they're, they're really good against the tight end. They'll do it. So the Broncos are good against, you know, covering the tight end. 
However, when you don't have Adam Thielen, you know, in the mix, you got Stephon Diggs, obviously. The whole defense is going to know that Stephon's your, your, your first choice. But we saw Kyle Rudolph kill the game in the red zone. So we know that if it gets to the red zone, Kyle Rudolph's probably going to kill the game. With Irv Smith being a rookie, I definitely think there's going to be some targets for him up the field. So whether or not he can catch one of those, get some separation and take off is, is up to be determined. But if there's one tight end from this game that I probably like the most, it'd probably be Noah Font, just because it seems like he's getting a little more uh, comfortable, especially now with the new QB in the mix. Um, I think that he's leaning on his tight end a little bit more. And then, of course, your usual suspects like Cortland Sutton. But, but let's be real. I'm, not, I'm probably not playing any Broncos. Probably not going to play no Broncos. And I really don't know if I want to play a Viking other than Kirk Cousins. So all that talk that I just did, only to realize that, like, this game does not look that sexy. So, like, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, that's probably your best choices. Yep, I'm off this one. Um, pretty much just playing Dalvin Cook. And in terms of tight ends, yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, all these tight ends, I've said this many times, all these tight ends are going to be projected to do about the same except for your main four or five guys that are clearly your Darren Wallers, your Kelsey's, your Ertz, all these other guys, you're throwing darts, whatever one gets in the end zone has a better week. And then we'll talk about them last. We'll talk about them next week. And then somebody else will do it. Um, At the end of the day, every tight end shit sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I think, I think Thielen is doubtful. He hasn't a hundred percent been ruled out, but no one's really expecting him to play. Do you really want to play him though? With especially after he was supposed to play against Kansas City, shout out to the clock double time. We got a double shout out to the clock. Woo, 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 woo. You hit the jackpot, mofos! Everybody gets a free thirty dollar coupon to Olive Garden. Just kidding. How do we get so lucky? I don't know. You didn't. That was just me lying because there are no thirty dollar Olive Garden gift cards. If you want a thirty dollar Olive Garden gift card that bad, just just hit me up and I'll see what I can do. But I'm not making any promises. I'm just ready for you to have the deal, uh, the feeling digs, the dealing, the dealing. Yeah, back. I think that I think that we were that we determined that I was going to do Green Bay running back situation. Now I'll do a bonus for the Bucks though. I will give a bonus this week. So anyway, but uh, are you are, are you have you said everything you need to say about Broncos Vikings? Yeah, Dalvin Cook or pass. There we go. Jets Redskins. Um, goodbye. There's some ugly games this week. What happened to the NFL? I don't know. I've, they, they lost their way. I'm avoiding that game completely, DFS probably. Um, I, I do have some interest in uh, – Maybe like Le'Veon Crowder? A little bit, but why do we? Keep, why do I keep going to Le'Veon every fucking week, man? Like it's just—it's so hard not to play him. It is so hard not to play him, especially with these matchups. But then he just ends up shitting the fucking bed every time, and then I just look at myself like an idiot, and I'm looking at my lineup, and I'm just like, "You're fucking stupid." It was like last week with fucking Rojo and Lev Bell, and I put Rojo down because I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's Lev Bell," and even though I'm done with him, I really can't be done with him. And it's like the moment I – because the moment I know that I'm done and I don't play him, he's going to go the fuck off. Yeah, I'm not – I was stubborn I with it. I me? was stubborn with it with you on this for a while. <sighs> I let it go. Um, I do have some news here. Um, Darius Geis should be back. 
Oh, fuck. Yet to be confirmed, but he's practiced, and it looks like he's going to play. So just putting that on your radar, I don't I think it's time to fire him up. Oh, no. For a first rounder for next year. Yeah, he should get um, – okay, I'm reading on Sleeper. Shout out to Sleeper. Interim coach Bill Callahan is confident guys will get many chances to contribute. So that's definitely updated since I checked it earlier today where it said he was most likely going to play. Now it's he's going to be very involved is what it seems like. Yeah, he also had many chances to contribute to this podcast, but he chose otherwise. I reminded him of it on Twitter the other night because I was feeling salty. I was in my – I was in my salty bag. He passed. Uh, he passed on an opportunity. He did. He was supposed to be on the show, and he passed it up. And I, and I know he ain't listening to this right now. So oh, we're not playing. I, say. Uh, I mean, you can if you think he can make you money. Because like, what's like the ultimate? Just like, haha. It's just like you didn't join the show, but I played you in DFS, and you made me money. So you made us money. Like, haha, you made us money without even being on the show. Look at you. I like it. Working for Garage Guys. He's indirectly working for us, and he doesn't even yeah. know it. Got you now, bro. About to hop up on that Fortnite stream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that Fortnite life. That Fortnite scream. All right, Saints Bucks. Um, right off the bat, Chris Godwin. No explanation. I concur. Not even giving an explanation. Chris Godwin. Is – um. Lattimore playing? Yeah, but he'll be on Mike Evans. I know he uh, had an injury last week, so I didn't know if he was. I'm sure he'll be out there. Okay. I don't think, I don't think they're going to let him miss this game. I don't think he's going to want to miss this game. Yeah, that would change things on the uh, Mike Evans take there, right? Huge. Huge. Big yep. time. So keep an eye on that. But, um, yeah, I'll go with Chris Godwin for now. But yeah, if 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 Lattimore's not out there, then it's just going to be a probably a fucking free for all. Um, so unless the Saints defense gets the god juice and they just step up like they did in that one Seahawks game, um, so you never really know. So we'll see what happens. And I think Cam Jordan is ready to just harass the shit out of Jameis Winston. So that's going to be fun to watch too. So beware. That's all I'm saying. Mike, uh, the Saints are go back to Mike off. Thomas, right? Just keep keep playing him every week. He's amazing. Yeah, facts, dude. When it comes to the Saints offense, you got to do that. Um, I made the crazy call about Ted Ginn last week, but you know it's just Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara is going to bounce back this week. We're going to see some some goodness out of that. Any of you guys asking about Latavius Murray at this point? Like, I'm sorry, but it, it's it's probably over. Um, Look for Alvin to keep doing his damn thing. I think we saw like three points out of Latavius last week. So, against the Falcons, even though it was kind of a weird game, I still think that we're going to see Kamara do really good things in this game. But um, just keep in mind, the Saints are pissed the fuck off, and they're going to play pissed off, which means Winston might end up throwing a good bit of interceptions. But who gives a shit? Even with all the interceptions he throws, he still ends up to find a way to get over 20 fantasy points, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean – this game is either going to be one where it's another big scare for the for the Saints, or I I see the Saints just coming out making a statement and just killing them. I don't I don't really see anything in between that. Mm, it'll be fun to watch. You predicted a three point game here. I did, yes. Yeah. So I think that the Saints will win this game by a field goal. Will Lutz will will kick the game winner for the Saints, and that's how we will leave Tampa Bay. 
So that is my take. Um, so use that for your betting purposes, if you will. Cardinals, 49ers, George Kittle is out. It's probably the most notable injury. We're starting to see some uh, – starting to see a little bit of uh, a Debo. Debo's getting involved. Love some Debo. And uh, this is the old DraftKings draft special to tell the viewers, or the listeners, I mean, if someone plays on the Monday night game, they already release pricing for the next Sunday, meaning it's not factoring in that monster game that Debo just had. So he's still priced down. Big time. I think that I'm kind of pretty much off Pettis. Um, and Kendrick Bourne and Debo seem like the two hot targets when Kittle was not in the game. So keep an eye on that. Tevin Coleman, obviously, and Brita and Mozart are still being used in that backfield. So it's kind of a toss-up. But I think that we I think that we can both agree that Coleman's kind of like the favorite. Would you agree on that or would you say it would be more Brita? I think Coleman. I still think Breed is more of your like big play upside, uh, but Coleman's your safest guy. Uh, they they aren't afraid to phase Breed out, and he's also got some lingering injuries. I don't think they're fr- afraid to phase anyone out. If, if there's anything Kyle Shanahan has done well, is taking the note from uh, from from Bill Belichick. Uh, it potentially, if if he could continue this over the next few years, playing the way he's playing, he could be in, like the runner up to be like like Baby Bill one day because no one will ever be as good as Belichick. No one will ever be as good as Belichick, but he could be a baby bill. That's a big claim. It is. Mad respect. I see Um, it though. It's in his eyes. He's got it. Kyle Shanahan's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. I see it. I like him too. You know, I'm a big fan. I've been hyping him up for a while now. Um, So I'm a a huge fan of Shanahan. Old Shanahan-y. I don't know if Brita is going to play, so you might have some more value on some of these other guys in the backfield. Well, if he's not going to play, then Mozart is definitely somebody you're going to want in that lineup because if he's not playing and it's just Coleman, then we will definitely see some action from Mozart. We will. We will, but that makes me like Coleman. If Brita's out, that's just makes Coleman super appealing. Yeah, the, the, sensible, the sensible play, but then the degenerate motherfucker that is just trying to be greedy on DFS, you got to go with Mozart. Oh, for sure. And we go know big, that they, he refuses to use one guy. He's going to use two guys. Right. So it's just all about a matter of what happens. Now, we did see the Cardinals, you know, do pretty decent against this 49ers team on Thursday Night Football on Halloween. However, All Hallows' Eve is over, and the Cardinals are probably going to get pissed off this time around. So that's all I'm saying. I'm putting that warning out now. I can see Kyler Murray having, like, a five-point fantasy day. I'm done doubting Kyler. He's kind of like uh, Jameis. He always finds a way to get there. He just finds a way to get the points. He runs a little bit. He Even when he's playing bad, he'll go three or four drives without moving the ball, and then you look up and he's got a couple touchdowns. So I'm not going to doubt him too much. I do think the, the 49ers flex on him pretty good here, and especially the way last game went down. Dude, yeah, they're coming um, off of their first loss, dude. They are about to come in there and just completely, like – like, the Cardinals are coming to their house too, okay? So, you have to remember that. Like, they're about to be like, welcome to our house, little birds. We know it's illegal to kill Cardinals, but we're about to murder you in inside. So, come on in. And it's just – it's I can see it being bad. So, 
I can definitely see a lot of sacks, maybe two turnovers. Oh, um, yeah. But I think I think Kyler's a type QB though that will will be okay. It just won't be. Nick it's be Bosa ugly. gets a touchdown. I'd support that. That'd be cool. Fumble fumble recovery for a touchdown. Nick Bosa, calling that. Niners are favored by ten, which is a huge spread in the NFL. You don't see ten very often, so that's a pretty good indicator that they're favored to uh, they, they take care of business. They did mad boys. They did mad boys. They coming. We're gonna see. Bengals Raiders should be an easy win for the Raiders. Um, I'm, I have no confidence. The only player that I would remotely say to look at at this point is Joe Mixon because it seems like they're going to lean a lot heavier on the run game. Uh, Joe had like I think his best game of the season last week. So they is this, we might. Is this garage guy Chase I'm talking to? You're talking positive about yeah i hate to do it but i mean now with the quarterback change they're not trying to win games obviously they're just going to probably just be like you know just uh lethargically running the ball so i mean the more touches you give somebody the more points they're going to get right supposed to work that way but sometimes we've we've all been screwed i think we uh, can see some more joe but i will say this though if we do see it this week you better well you can't sell trade deadlines here shit yeah it's too late yeah. Uh, I'm assuming we both like Josh Jacobs. Yes, big fan of Joshua Jacobs. Um, also, one of these games, we're going to see Zay Jones break off a big one. But I think as far as the consistency goes, um, this is just another game we go back to Terrell Williams. So I think that we see him have a resurgence in this game, even though everybody's been hot and heavy on the Hunter Renfro. I think he'll get a little bit of action, but I think Terrell Williams will be the one that uh, reigns supreme. This week, and we, and of course, Darren Waller. So your two, your 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 three normal fantasy guys for this week will will return. It's just going to be a pretty simple, easy game for the Raiders to win, and uh, it's at home for the Raiders too. So that's about all I have to say for that one. Yeah, it's um, I'm expecting these guys to be popular. Just know if you're playing DFS, people are going to attack on an ugly slate like this. I mean, how many games have we wanted to pass on, Chase? You know, like it's it's ugly. So, all your ownership is going to go towards attacking Cincinnati, towards attacking Atlanta, um, maybe the Baltimore-Houston game. It's going to be very, very um, consolidated. It doesn't ownership. always work out sometimes like that, though. That's too. what I'm saying. That's leading to my next point. If you want to target one of these games that we're – that were maybe you have a small dollar lineup on the Miami Buffalo game or the Jacksonville Indy, you know, the Indy game, like maybe you stack Marlon Mack and, and Jacksonville, maybe DD Westbrook and Foles. I'm not saying it's a safe play. I'm telling you, if you have the risk tolerance and want to do it, it's, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. We can see any of these games pop off for 52 points. Uh, if I'm going to choose one to go off of that's going to be probably low, it'd probably end up being the uh, – I'd probably go with the Bills-Dolphins. That would probably be my favorite one for, like, low ownership. So, Who would you put on that one? I'm assuming you'd do Singletary. So, uh, you definitely – I definitely would have some Singletary in there. I'd have some Albert Wilson. Um, I'd probably avoid Kalen Balazs. I'd have Fitzpatrick um, just because I know that they'll probably be playing from behind and Fitzpatrick's going to try to force some shit in. Um, and then if it was like a showdown, well, we're talking about full time. So it's really talking about a classic. So it'd be a little bit different, but, um, I would probably go with Josh Allen over for the quarterbacks in that case. But if for a showdown, you definitely got to have both quarterbacks. In it. Yeah. I was, I was just thinking, you know, you could, you could get Singletary and Josh Allen in there. And if you get the, 
QB to receiver touchdown. Yeah, if you get the right – say Josh Allen runs one in, he throws one to Singletary, then he throws another. I wouldn't mind having some Dawson Knox for tight end. Uh, Stop it. Stop it. Why not, man? I got to get you – Mike I got to get your mind right. (laughs) I love tight ends, dude. I have a sickness. Did you not see my tweet earlier today? I did. I I laughed. Yeah, Yeah, I have a sickness, dude. I'm probably literally going to play that. I have to – I'm going to send you all offseason just – 20 years of information about how tight ends for the most part are not targeted much except for the red zone. They are the defense of the offense. And that's there why you I, go. I love them because of that. Before I die, I'm going to hang out in a room with 32 NFL tight ends and we're just going to just hang out. We're going to have just like a Ted talk. So I'm excited about doing that one day. I think we can get O'Shaughnessy on this podcast. Yeah, big time. O'Shaughnessy, if 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 you're listening, I, I DM'd you, holler back at your boy. Got to get you on this pod. All right, Patriots, Eagles. Man, I don't even know. Talk about your Patriots. This one could go either way. Um, obviously, I like the Patriots to bounce back after their loss. Don't really trust Carson Wentz all that much, um, but it is a it is a home game for Philadelphia and one they need to win to try to capture that that divisional lead against the Cowboys. Uh, with the Patriots, the obvious people we're targeting here: Julian Edelman and uh, Sanu. So, I also don't mind a little James White. The Eagles side, I'm not really trying to pick between their running backs, especially against this. Uh, Patriots defense, really not interested in, in them from a fantasy perspective at all. I guess if anybody, I'm going to go with Ertz. What's your thoughts? So I think that Ertz will probably not have the best game just because I think that Belichick is going to make sure that he's covered very well. I think Goddard. I think, yeah, Goddard's an option, but I think that they're going to force Philadelphia to run. Um, and that's kind of the way that I'm looking at this game. So if I'm going to choose between the running backs here, I'm going to say that Jordan Howard plays a pretty big role in this game. I think that at between him and Miles Sanders, that that Howard will probably you know uh, prevail as far as being the one with the most points at the end of the game. But um, I'm definitely you know looking for this just to be one of those games where we we could even see a game where Nelson Aguilar doesn't drop the ball as much. So he might be somebody to sneak to look at. You know, be a little bit sneaky. Um, so I'm I'm feeling that like I said with with, with Djax being pretty much out for the year, it's uh this this team is just kind of falling under the radar for me somehow. Like I'm not really paying that much attention to them, which is crazy, which is why I kind of let you start off a little bit more. But I can definitely see Bill Belichick forcing Doug Peterson to run this ball. Uh, we get to see a rematch of a of an old suit bowl. So yeah, the more I think about it, man, this, this is going to be a dangerous game for the for the. For Carson Wentz, I can yeah. see the Patriots defense stepping up. The I mean, boogeymen are coming. They are. They're coming, and uh, I don't think they – I mean, the numbers on the Patriots losing in back-to-back weeks is not not good, you know. Yeah. So, get ready for a lot of running for Philadelphia. That's what I'm feeling on this one. Patriots side of the ball, I agree with you 100% wholeheartedly. I think it's going to be a lot of passing out the backfield. Um, Muhammad Sanu has become the usual suspect. You could see that one big long bomb to Philip Dorsett, but ultimately I think that the person that's going to rack up the most points in the receiving game is going to be Julian Edelman here. And I think this is going to be a pretty easy Patriots victory. Mm. 
made me feel much better. Look at you, licking your chops for you. Sunday night game, which when we come back on Monday's show, we will be recapping it instantly and then getting ready to talk about the Monday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Um, Bears and Rams, Sunday night football, it's probably going to be an ugly game. Um, I ultimately think the Rams are going to walk away victorious. No Blake Bortles action. Sorry, all you Blake fans. And uh, I think that we are definitely not going to see Cooper Cup get another goose egg. So we can see a bounce back for Cooper. I do like Cooper Cup in this game. Um, but the Rams have just kind of just gotten a little mundane. I don't really know what Both of these teams. I was about yeah, to say. Both of them. It's sad. I was about to say, this was like a – This was supposed to be a marquee matchup. Exactly. Exactly. Both of these fan bases have to be pretty frustrated just with the expectations for the season and the result they're seeing on the field this year has been been pretty pretty rough for both of them. And I don't know if it's going to change. I could see this easily being a game where drives stall out around the 50-yard line and they're punting. And um, Right. If I saw I, something funny, though. I got to tell you this real quick. Yes. That Trubisky is, like, priced lower than Andy Dalton. Wow, really? Or something like that. Because well, I mean, Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton's not even starting. Holy shit. Yeah, because they think it's going to get so bad that – but they didn't realize – Well, they yeah, it, it, I mean, Zach Taylor's going to – Yeah, it just was funny. I don't even know if it's true. I, it could have been a joke, but I think it is probably true. Not. <laughs> probably yeah. not. Probably not if I just Like trying to bait people to play Trubisky. I'm going to go ahead and say this. You know, you're not playing this on the Sunday slate, obviously. So, you're playing a showdown here on DFS. You know, for, for the guys that have season long – uh, you know, if you got one of the defenses, that's great because I think that this is all you're going to see in this game. This is going to be a defensive battle. I would be heavy on stacking the defenses in a showdown lineup on uh, on DFS um, and maybe looking at, at doing some Greg Zerlon as a kicker. <clears throat> so maybe having both defenses, having some Greg Zerlon involved, that's uh, that's probably a must for a good showdown lineup. And that's and then kind of fill in the blanks with you know maybe some Jared Goff, some Cooper Cup get you some of those more high-dollar guys in there. Um, maybe get you somebody like uh, Tariq Cohen, because I think that uh, David Montgomery is questionable. So depending on that, maybe like a Cordell Patterson, someone like that that could be a little edgy, you know, for your captain spot. But you definitely want to have both these defenses in your showdown lineups. Yeah, no issues firing up the defenses. Um, I wouldn't do too many with both, just because I think you're going to need – those spots for some producers. Um, I don't mind putting them both in one or two, but just wanted to call that one thing out. I love me some Greg the Leg. Greg the Leg. Zerline. Didn't he miss a game winner this year? I mean, you were like, our, our mom was, we couldn't believe it. Yeah, he did. I can't remember what game it actually was um, that he did that. Oh, Seahawks. Seahawks we, game. We were like, it's automatic. It's automatic. And then, and not then automatic. Low. It kind of sums up the Rams season. It does. Not automatic. I don't know. Going to be uh, going to be not the greatest, but who knows? It could it, – they, they could wake the fuck up and it could turn into an epic battle in Los Angeles. So It's going to be a weird slate. Going through these games with you just made me realize, like, outside yeah. of Houston-Baltimore and uh, – Houston-Baltimore and Philly-New England, some weird games. Yeah, I don't really know how I'm feeling about it either, but um, – at the end of the day, we know we're going to be watching it. So that's all that matters. And we know everybody sure. else listening is going to be watching it. So it's just going to be like another week like any other. And I'm sure we'll see some crazy shit go down. So 
Um, definitely excited about it. Again, if you guys need any additional help, have any start sit questions, you know, to hit us up on Twitter, find me at Garage Guy Chase everywhere. Um, hit us up at GGFS Podcast. Me and Drew are both running that one. So uh, one, one, of, one of, of the two of us will be happy to quickly jump on there and answer any start sit questions that you have. And uh, Drew, also, where, you know, where can they follow you at, Drew? Tell them, tell them where to follow Drew. At Drew Dean. Um, I'm usually – Usually has some pretty good info on there, or I'm trolling. That's my really my only two things I'm doing. Trolling and on the river. I'll post about the content as well in there. So my plan is to have it up Saturday. You know, I'm not traveling this weekend. Last weekend it was a, a nightmare trying to get all the stuff done. But this week we'll have it done Saturday. And then, as usual, I update it on Sunday morning, and all that can be found. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you get a notification to your email when it's updated. And if you're not, uh, it's going to be on Twitter. So. Come, uh, come join the squad. Yes, do it. Win some money in DFS. <clears throat> Again, we'll have all that stuff up over the weekend. So right now is the time. Patreon.com slash garage guys. Give it a two-day. Again, tell somebody that you know that's into fantasy football or NASCAR, just sports in general, loves to just listen to two guys bullshit about football. Tell them to listen and subscribe to the podcast. Um, join the Patreon page. Just show your love, Garage fam. We appreciate you and everything that you do. Um, and one last time, again, remember, hit us up with any questions that you have. Other than that, that's all that I've got. Drew, do you have anything that you would like to say before we uh, roll this bad boy out? I'll leave it to you. All right. Just kidding. Sports, party, repeat. <laughs> Don't give me